Good evening. I'm very excited to be with you all. Sorry to interrupt your awesome table conversation, but that's what we do when we step on the stage. Um, just a couple things about me. First of all, let me introduce myself. My name is Dawn Thomas. I absolutely love Blue Ridge. It is home to me. Um, lots of learning, lots of growth has come from Blue, from Blue Ridge, beginning back with women's Bible studies and life's healing choices and the array of opportunities God has given me to be a part of the community. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, and I'm really excited uh, for the opportunity to share with you. I really am. Whenever God takes me or gives me an opportunity to share, he takes me through the very thing that I'm talking about. So this has been interesting. Would be an easy word, um, probably the nicest word to use to say that. So let's open up with the word of prayer and invite God in. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are and how you love. It is tremendous. It is more than anything that I deserve. It is unconditional. It feeds our souls. It gives us hope. And for every lady in the room, I ask that you would be with all of us, that you would dwell with us, that you would help us to abide in you and to know what that even means. And I pray, God, for our emotional health, that we are saturated and situated um, in trusting you more than anything else. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I'm going to start with a few disclaimers um, for people who do not know me. First of all, I am cold all the time, all the time. Um, so typically I have not just a blanket, but a blanket and a fleece and a scarf, and I am wrapped up. Um, so I will occasionally have on more layers than I have on right now. I'm wearing my blanket tonight. So if I take this off and put it on, it's only because I'm talking to you guys normally. That does not happen. It's never Number two, I notoriously eat pretzels throughout the entire lesson for anyone who's talking. So not having pretzels tonight as the lesson is happening is going to be quite interesting. So forgive me for that. Um, I consider myself a complete and utter hot mess. And I'm totally unqualified and uh, ill-equipped to do anything good without my father. It is only him that allows me to do anything good. So um, if you... If you feel like there's no way I could ever be up there, like I'm just not equipped for that, trust me that God calls those, he equips those that he calls, um, and look out, because it could be you that God will use next. So, when we first started this study, and Chris and I talked about this a while ago, um, I was excited to think that she saw something in me that I would be able to share with you guys. Um, I'm at a stage in my life where um, emotional health and stability seem oxymoronic for what my life actually looks like. Um, so that's fascinating. I think my father, who is laughing at me, and I'm the one standing before you, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. During week one, it was Carter who said, um, pain is inevitable, but misery is optional, and we have a choice. And that phrasing stuck with me, and it became something that I decided I was going to try to understand over the course of the next few weeks as we entered the study and moved through and things like that. And then week two, at the very bottom of the sheet, there was a very simple fill-in-the-blank. It said, I feel, and there was a long line. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was a total long line. 
And I told my table, I don't know who let me lead a table, but I told my table, I'm not sure how I feel. Like, I'm not sure. Uh, I feel all over the place. I feel high and low. I feel completely incompetent. I feel unloved. I feel nervous and afraid. I, I feel every emotion, like I smell every smell. Like, it was just all of it without clarity or definition. So a few action steps came out of that night, and I said, you know what, I'm going to try to get a handle on this. I'm going to write down a word per day that kind of encapsulates how I'm feeling to kind of get a handle on what it is I'm going through and get a grip and things like that. And I'll use scripture to support that. And I was planning to share that with you tonight, but God has moved in a little bit of a different direction, which we'll come to understand in a few minutes. The other thing, too, and this was a, another week I want to say it was Bobby who mentioned the rehashing with friends, um, and, and God was telling me that it was time to stop just unleashing with people and unleash with him. Just talk to me about the things that you're going through. If you want to be healthy, then you need to talk to me, not tons and tons of other people. And then I was supposed to start this process of unpacking some of the things that I felt. So this journey is, again, something that God doesn't just help me teach, he actually drags me through the murk and the mud as I learn a little bit more about it. So we're going to turn to the very first side of your sheet, um, and it has a lot of blanks. I do need to apologize. By trade, I am a teacher, so this feels like homework and a worksheet. You're welcome <laughs> for that. Um, I've come to understand the students, when they have things to write down, they stay with you a little bit longer. Um, but as I looked at it, I told Diani, I said, ooh, she said, ooh, this feels like homework in school. I said, you're welcome, and I'll apologize for the stage for that. So we're just going to walk through a couple of the, the blanks that you have where it starts with Galatians. We're going to nestle in Galatians. Um, God kind of poured Galatians all over this conversation about emotional health. And it was two or three years ago that God started to unpack Galatians chapter 5 for me. And it is in freedom that you have been set free. So those are your first two blanks. Um, it is for freedom, I think, is your first blank, that you have been set free. And honestly, when I saw that, I was baffled by it. Like, Lord, what does that even mean? I don't understand. I was floored by the idea that there is freedom, and then I am set free. And then it continues to say, stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Very ironic is that I have um, only two tattoos. My daughter, who's here tonight, is trying to convince me to get a third and fourth tattoo. We're having quite the intense conversation about the number of tattoos one's body should have, but we're going to talk about that later. Anyway, the two words that I have on my skin are doulos on one side and slave on the other. So one is a testimony that goes out, I am the slave of Christ. The other is the word slave to remind myself of where I sit. And then there's this verse that says that I'm free. So I was trying to reconcile that with the Lord, and we're having a conversation about that, and trying to, I'm trying to figure out life and what that all means. And it continues to say, for the flesh, I'm sorry, yes, so I, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So spirit and flesh are your next two blanks. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. 
they are in conflict with one another. So that you do not do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Mm. Lord, what does that mean and what am I supposed to glean from it? How do I use this to understand more of who you are and what you're calling me into with this freedom? And the Lord and I have many conversations about the details of that because for me, I need to understand the, like the actual details of what that spells out. So what are these desires of the flesh that Galatians 5, 19 through 21 lists as obvious. Now here's your really awful part of your sheet. I apologize, but not really. 1 through 16. So the acts of the flesh are obvious. I really should have printed these out for y'all. I do kind of apologize for that. So the first one is sexual immorality. And I think that may come on the screen. I'm not sure if it doesn't. I'm happy to someone say, repeat that again. The second is impure. Yes, sexual immorality. Thank you for that. Thank you for that honest candor. The second is impurity. The third is debauchery. Please raise your hand if you didn't really know what that word meant. <laughs> sure I can. D-E, I'm a terrible speller too. D-E-B-A-U-C-H-E-R-Y. Debauchery. D-E-B-A-U-C-H-E-R-Y. Debauchery. And it, for anyone who, like me, had to look up the word, anybody else know what debauchery means? Okay. Yeah, that was me. So excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures. Excessive indulgence in sensual pleasures. Okay. The books that have all the scenes in them that you read over and over, or the movies that have them, things like that, debauchery. Idolatry, and Chris has put these on the, on the screen for us now, so if you're really quick and you want to write ahead, you're welcome to do that. And again, this is a word that I needed the Lord to kind of pause with me on. And idolatry is anything that is put ahead of God. For me, it's what the word describes as idolatry. Anything ahead of him. So anything can be made of an idol, right? Even really good things, like our families are good things, our kids are good things, but those can become idols if they're ahead of, ahead of God. Witchcraft, and again, this was one of the ones that is a little bit foreign for me, like what does that break down to? How does that look in an everyday life? And witchcraft or the attractions to things of nature or magic, things like that. And then you have hatred, probably one that's fairly obvious. Discord. Jealousy. Fits of rage. Selfish ambition. Dissensions, factions.
factions, which are like cliques or groups. I thought about the book Divergent. Raise your hand if you read the book Divergent Factions. That was a really good book. The whole series, but not the movies. The movies were terrible, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and then Envy, Drunkenness, Orgies. And I love number 16 because it says, and the like. It's just like anything that I've missed, just in case, these are the things that are obvious. So the scripture ahead goes back in 16 and says, for the flesh desires was contrary to the spirit, and the spirit was contrary to the flesh. These are the things that are obvious. So I'm a very slow processor. So one important thing for me to do is to pause. And I'll ask you to do that occasionally, to sit on something. And this is not something you're sharing with your tables. It's just something I'm asking you to do. Is circle three of that list that you're struggling with. Just three. <laughs> Top three. Say it again. Say that one more time. Oh, dissensions, like disagreements, arguments. Okay, Lord, we want to invite you into those three that we circle and ask that you meet us there. Thank you, Lord, for revealing the things that we struggle with that are negative. We pray your blessings and clarity over those and ask that this week you would reveal something new about how to surrender those to you. This is your precious name we pray. Amen. So here comes the list that we're probably most familiar with, the fruit of the spirit. I bet if I asked you guys to call those out, you would know all nine. You want to give it a try? Yeah. All right. So let's call one out. Love. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Gentleness. Faithfulness. Self-control. Self-control. Wow. Look at God. I love that we know the ones that are positive. Like, isn't that a good thing? And honestly, I thought about those, and I was like, Lord, you are so good. Because at the end of those, at the end of that list in those verses, it specifically says, against such things, there is no what? No law. You never have to put a law on. There's enough, that's enough being kind. That I've had enough. Stop loving. That's just too much joy. Please, calm down with that peace. We don't have to do that. Because they radiate our Father. They are who he is. Man, that was a sweet list to read over. So this time, I want you to circle the three that you're doing really, really good. If there are any in that list, try to get three that you're really good with.
forbearance, patience. Those are the two words that are substituted for that. Now, if you finish circling the ones that you're really good with, put a little star next to the ones you want the Lord to fill up in you this week. A little star. Like, Lord, please touch those three for me. Lord, I thank you for the, the list of the fruit that are circled. Man, you are so good and kind to us. And Lord, would you step right into those areas of our lives that we need more of you? Would you lead us there and fill us with more and more of what it looks like to be yours, to be known by you, to be your children, your princesses? Would you lead us there and do that for us? We know that you're able, so we're asking you for your help. In Jesus' name we pray. So the very bottom to the right of your sheet, it says spirit versus law. If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the what? And then against these, there is no law. So the Lord had situated me in dealing with my own emotional health in Galatians. And I happen to be going back and forth with a text. I'm going to have you fill in just a couple blanks at the top, and then you'll get a good piece of time away from filling in blanks. You're welcome. There's this book that I love called Everybody Always. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Everybody Always. It is just, it's, it, it kind of, it's wrecking me as I move forward to see what walking with the Lord practically looks like, because that's what it does. And there's this line in it. It says, every time I fake it, that's that blank at the top of sheet two, every time I fake it, and I'm not authentic, I make God's love for me look fake too. Every time I fake it, and I'm not authentic, I make God's love for me look fake too. Our Father deserves honor and praise and to be glorified, not to be misunderstood because of our stuff. He deserves that because He is just that awesome. So we're going to try to esteem Him the way that He deserves to be. And God is asking that we move toward Him. That's that last blank at the very top. So in this journey of mine, trying to figure out how I really feel, a part of it was to identify like what was happening in my soul and in my spirit. And I told you that I was writing down a word and trying to encapsulate the feeling for the day. It was really detailed, lots of scripture to go with it, copy and paste all over the place. And I was going to share that with you, and I thought, mm, no. And then the Lord gave me this idea. I have, a, I have three children, an oldest daughter, Dave, who came 
to be my cheerleader and my peaceful place. Um, my middle daughter, Dahlia, who is my spicy middle, um, she's babysitting Ashley's boys right now, and the charmer of my group, Drew, the baby boy. And so I asked Dahlia to please take a picture of me every day that would encapsulate like what mom's emotions was, so from the outside in, because I was wrestling through my own like stuff. And I have not seen these pictures that I'm about to show you, Lord have all kinds of mercy. <laughs> I don't know what she photographed exactly. I'm not sure if I have my nighttime clothes on. <laughs> I'm not sure. So we're just going to go for what it could look like. Yeah. <laughs> and it just continues. journey to understand what emotionally healthy looked like is that I 
don't have to be alone. My father created me to be in community with him. The second one, quite honestly, I'm more comfortable with, that we find our father in solitude. This is a little bit easier for me. In Mark 1, 35 and 37, it says, He got up, he being Jesus, went out, made his way to a deserted place. And they were fussing. They were like, everybody's looking for you. Bro, where are you going? Okay? Like, where are you going? He had to go away. He had to be separate to hear from his father. And that's honestly a place that is more comfortable for me. So when I hit this one as a part of emotional health, I was like, score, I can do this one. I have my alone time. I don't get a lot of by myself time, but I have alone time with my father because I desperately need it. I can't do anything good without it. Which leads us right into the third one. We can't be healthy without the father. It's not possible. There is no emotional health without our father. It does not exist. For the good, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Without my father, I don't even want to know that girl. I don't want to see or run into me. I don't want to hear my voice without my father. I'm not good without him. The next one down, we have to get rid of stuff. Ephesians 4.31 says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, and every form of malice. Get rid of it all. All of the things on the obvious side of that list in Galatians 5, those are the things that we are to rid ourselves of. But seriously, without our Father, it's not possible to rid ourselves of all of the things that are listed there. It's not at all possible. And you were welcome because I had all of those blanks. You're totally welcome on the bitterness, rage, anger, brawl, and slander, and every form of malice. It's just bitterness. The next one down says that forgiveness is a mandate. And this was a tough one for me. Luke 17, 4 says... Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. It was probably a few weeks ago in service. They were preaching on forgiveness. And Andy came and found me hunched over, crying in the back. Because I honestly thought, that an area of my life, I was pretty good with forgiveness. Like, I had checked those boxes off. But there is a relationship, maybe two, where my heart needs to forgive more than I am. Which leads me to Matthew 8, 21, 22. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister, or cousin or uncle, or mother-in-law or husband, or children, or boss, how many times do I have to forgive them? Up to seven? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. There are other verses of scripture that says 70 times seven, 
which is a much bigger number than 77. I'm not good at math, but I'm pretty sure that means a whole lot. <laughs> That's how many times. And I, and I teeter on this idea of forgiveness, like, mm, there is no, mm. Every time, I tell you, not seven, but 77 times. Submission is required. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit and flee. Submit and then he will flee. The next few things down, the tips. Emotional health is going to look different for each of us. Maybe these are not the things that God is taking you through. Maybe forgiveness you're really good at. Maybe it's something else on that list of things. Maybe you're totally submitted. I don't know. Maybe you've gotten rid of lots of stuff. I'm not sure. I want you to pause for a second and just ask God to search your heart and point out an area that he wants you to work on in your emotional health, to be healthy. You can use those verses as a guide. Lord, for every lady in the room that thought of an area where they need you to step right in and God and direct them toward emotional health and well-being, would you meet us there? Would you protect our hearts and allow us to hear directly and only from you? We love you, Lord, and we trust you. Have your way. Jesus' name. The last couple tips to being emotionally healthy is that we have to hear his voice. And that his voice is so important because God gives us community, but I find that in the spirit there is unison. God said, make us, make, let us make them in our own image, in our likeness. So there's unity there. There's not discord. There's not dissension. There's unity there. So unison is the word. And the community that you surround yourself with, the community of faith, it will reverberate the Father's will. You won't hear something off the wall from what the Father is confirming to you through Scripture. It just won't happen. There's unison for him. The, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have their own one mind. So when we hear his voice, he will use people in the community of faith to support and just um, 
highlight, spotlight what he's already telling you. That's important for us to know. So we're done with filling in the blank. And I want to share a few more things with you. If you have seen the movie Forrest Gump, can you raise your hand? Oh my goodness. Life is like a box of you never know what you're gonna get. Okay. For my emotional journey, I honestly had no idea where I was. Dave, you can start to read your way up. But there's a, a practical object lesson that I want to share with you about my emotional journey and what God is doing in it. And for me, life is not a box of chocolates. Life is a container of shoes. <laughs> Here are the emotions. I literally almost packed up every shoe in my house to bring them. But then common sense and space in the car all kind of worked together so that I didn't have to do that. So, oh no, you're not done yet. <laughs> We're going to sprawl them out. Okay, so these are just some, thank you, these are just some of my emotions. And here's the object lesson for us in this one crate out of maybe four or five. I, I really don't know. And I'm not, not even really a shoe person, y'all, for real. I'm a sweater and soft person. I have lots of those. Shoes are really not my thing. But as I started to talk about this and look at this, I was like, ooh, maybe I do have an issue with shoes as well. <laughs> so my emotions are like shoes. I have way more than I need or want. Sometimes the best ones are not worn at all. Sometimes I use the ones that hurt. I have all kinds. Some are really worn out. Some are plain ugly, but I absolutely love them because they're quirky like I am. Some are super comfortable, the ones I have on my feet. I almost wore, they're not out here, I must have left those in the car. No, no, no. There was another pair in the car, it's fine. I started out with a pair of heeled Bobby-esque boots. They did not last past second period, y'all. It was sad. I just went back to the comfortable ones. Some are sassy. Some of them are funny looking on purpose, and I get them because they make me laugh. Like, I look down and look at them, and I literally laugh. Some of them are also cute. Some of them are my go-to. Like, they're just the ones I wear all the time. My gladiator uh, sandals, love those. Some I have bought and never worn at all. I don't have any of those on the stage today. Some are damaged, but I still use them. These in particular, don't laugh at me, don't judge me. You see the heel? They should be thrown away, y'all, but it's okay. <laughs> Some hurt a lot, but I won't get rid of them. That would be these. <laughs> Some I think I'll love, but I hate them when I get them home. Like in the store, you're trying to turn, you do the thing. You walk about two feet, and you're like, yeah, these are going to be real good until you get them home. Some damage me, but I just can't help myself. 
at the end of the day, while I could use every single shoe, and if I brought all of them, they would probably span the front of the stage. And again, I'm not a shoe person. Y'all think I have issues, but I don't. I promise you, I'm not a shoe person. Scarves, probably, but not shoes. While I could use every single one of them, I do not need all of them. Not all of them are worth what they cost. And there are certainly some that are better for me than others. But here's the thing. Pretending I don't have four crates of shoes is a lie. They are all still mine. Some good, some bad. Some hurt, some don't. And now that I can see them, a portion of them, I said all of my notes, but we were not gonna bring all of them and not fit in the car. It's time to take an honest inventory. And maybe get rid of the ones that really hurt and that are too small or they are broken. Because honestly, I only have two feet and life's too short to be consumed by things that are unnecessary damage to her. God has peace for us. And the very last thing that I'll share with you is a little bit of a personal story. There are some conversations I shared with you that self-control is a different twist for me. A lot of people are having a hard time containing. For me, the hard time is sharing what needs to be shared. I hold and I hold and I hold. And that can be super damaging when people don't know. And so I started yesterday with a conversation, two conversations actually. One of them went super well, and there was a lot of healing and growth. And I think that there's some benefit to being honest and sharing how we honestly feel. The other, a more intimate relationship in my life, not quite so well. But here's the thing. I was honest. I shared. I communicated every emotion that I had. I'm waiting for a response. And I don't have to carry the burden of not being healthy anymore. And that's probably the most emotionally healthy thing I've done. Answers or not, it's okay. My father will work out the answers. He always does, because he's just that good. So what I want to challenge you to do is the next hard thing, whether you get answers or not. Just do the next thing he's asking you to do, and let him walk right beside you and speak to your heart and release you from the pain of holding things back that don't need to be held back. Or 
or maybe for you it's not saying the thing that comes first to your mind and guarding your tongue and asking the Lord to speak for you and being patient and kind because our emotional health will look different but it's all for his glory if we let him so let's close in prayer and then you guys get to spend some time at the tables looking at where you can grow and be more healthy Father, we thank you so, 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 so much for the kind way that you love us, that you woo us into a relationship with you. You don't abandon us. You don't leave us. Your love is unconditional. Your mercies are new every morning. You are forgiving. You are good. You are lovely. You are amazing. And we belong to you. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that we can be emotionally healthy with you. We can acknowledge how we feel and be healthy because you allow us to do that. And you won't ever leave us and you won't forsake us. Thank you for where we are. Help us walk closer to you and give us the strength and courage to be who you call us to be. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank mm-hmm. you.